Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. Holiday edition. Holiday edition. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Al. Hey, y'all. So, what are we talking about on the podcast? Well, I certainly hope the holidays after that incredible intro. We are going to talk about the holidays, that's true. What about the holidays are we touching on today? Um, well... Generally, going home for the holidays as a non-cis person. What else do we talk about here on Gender Journeys? That's true. Going home for the holidays can be stressful for a lot of reasons, but if you're non-cis, there's a lot of very visible reasons that going home for the holidays can be trying. Right. And we do also want to mention that it is 2020. There are plenty of reasons that going home could be stressful. We're not going to be touching on those. I do suggest that you do some research if you're traveling for the holidays. Keep yourself safe. Mm -hmm. Get yourself tested. Do some good ventilation. Maybe wear some masks, you know. Yeah. Do what you got to do. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And I think when we talked about the coronavirus specifically, we mentioned that this is a good time to have excuses to not go see. Yeah, you can do that too. But I know that right now also with people getting more into Zoom family gatherings, it might be difficult to completely avoid seeing people. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about it. All right, so where do you want to start with that? (laughs) So I actually want to start by giving a shout out to people who have beautiful, loving families and don't have any issues going home for the holidays as non-cis individuals. That's super real, and I don't think that it gets enough attention in our community. Mm -hmm. I think that often we fall into this trap of believing that being non-cis, like part of the experience of being non-cis is being not accepted by your family. Yep. That doesn't have to be part of the experience. Let's not normalize that. Some people are super accepted by their families. That's a beautiful, real experience. I want to give a shout out to people who are like, I don't know, man, I'm just going for home for the holidays. I'm real excited to see my parents. My parents have never misgendered me. It's great phenomenal we yeah. love that we love it <laughs> yeah the universal experience of a non-cis person is not inherently traumatic right and i think that both because that's what media tells us first off we don't have enough mm-hmm. of our own stories and if there are stories in the media the media will tell us about people who are kicked out of their homes or mm-hmm. whose partners aren't accepted or whatever yeah and also we're all in support communities for queer folks so what do people talk about in support communities trying situations and so we often hear people who are experiencing trying situations and i mean sometimes too like it is kind of part of the queer experience in some ways to be like rejected by loved ones and friends so like yeah. that's what we focus on but like yeah shout out to people who weren't rejected y'all are valid too and beautiful <laughs> yeah i mean i think a lot of people even in the most loving and accepting of households have some story of like not perfect acceptance yeah but like but i wonder how much they like people need to come up with something like that because like 
in queer circles that I've been in, like that's part of what you talk about. Because again, we don't always normalize. You can just have a happy experience. Like that's definitely not the baseline assumption. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, shout out to people who are having a great holiday and are just super excited to see their parents. Yeah. Love it. We see you. And know that that can be aspirational because people can grow and change. For sure. Um, And so kind of, I guess, on the note of that it can be aspirational for your family to be loving and accepting, I'll start with my stories, which is just that when I first came out, I've talked about it before on the podcast, if you've listened to a good amount of this podcast, but not everyone in my family was 100% understanding of what it meant to be transgender when I first came out. They weren't necessarily, I mean, no one threatened to disown me. I was not, there was no like hateful rhetoric or like intentional misgendering, but there was a very steep learning curve for a lot of members of my family. And for a while, that steep learning curve and the fact that I did get misgendered when I went home made it really hard to go and visit certain members of my family, especially around the holidays when I would have to like be there for extended periods of time and deal with just kind of general Miscomfort or discomfort, I guess. Miscomfort. I always want it to be miscomfort. I don't know why. But over the years, my family has gotten a lot better about that. They have learned more about me being trans and about being transgender in general. Mm -hmm. They've gotten used to my new pronouns and my real name. This year, my dad, for the first time, got new stockings and he put my real name on my new stocking and it made me really happy, even though I don't get to go home this year because of the coronavirus, but it made me really happy to see a picture of it. And so, like, there are still challenges in my extended family. I have some extended family members who are still a little bit less kind about trans people, but overall, at least my immediate family has, like, learned and grown a lot over the years and that is something that you can, like, even if currently your family is not as perfectly accepting as it as maybe would be ideal, people can grow and learn. Yeah. And like, especially if you have that like baseline of love and respect in your family, like mm-hmm. people will put in the effort. Yeah. That's not something you really hear all that often either. But yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. As for my situation, I think that my situation has less to do with like being a model of the fact that family can grow and learn and more to do with the fact that like especially for gender fluid folks or Mm -hmm. non-static folks or I could see that this extending to like agender folks it's also real and valid for people to just deprioritize gender identity when they're around their family Mm -hmm. I think is a definition of what I do I think that for me being gender fluid it's more that I have a I have like a situational gender identity with my family. I mm-hmm. always, something that has always been like very true throughout my gender journey, something I've always been very aware of, is that I always have and believe that I always will identify as my parents' daughter. Like that mm-hmm. has always still continued to feel right. And my parents' daughter doesn't, it's not very feminine in many ways and never has been. Right. So like it's, I'm lucky to not feel like I have to go all out on high femme aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I can still kind of like dress more neutral at least. Yeah. Um, but I never feel the need to bind or pack with my family. Like that's just not how I, that's not how I feel around them. Mm-hmm. And I think something that like gets really stigmatized is folks who are like, non-binary or a gender or any any gender identity that is that can be paired with a flexible presentation it's valid to want to go home and just be like well I mean like I'm still non-binary but like I'm gonna dress as my 
Agab for this week because like I literally don't care that much about it and my family cares deeply about it and like I just it's not that big of a deal like that's okay and I think that some people like immediately see that as like going back in the closet and it's like no like I talk to my parents about the fact that I use they them at work like my parents know that I'm non-binary it's just that when I'm around them, it's just not my priority. It's not what I care about. Yeah. It's not what's on the front of my mind. And again, like I, I can't exactly say how that would that would map out to non-fluid identities because mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are some more generally non-binary or again agender folks who like their presentation isn't fluid, so that would not work for them. And I'm not trying to say it would work for mm-hmm. anybody or language. Is, has a big impact on or language has a big impact so things like pronouns because I do I'm fine with feminized language around my family because again I identify as their daughter so daughter goes as she her I'm good with it like that's fine yeah um so like that does not necessarily track all identities yeah but I think it's a stupidly stigmatized thing and if it does track your identity or even if you're just in the place where you're like look it's still really hard for me to fight these battles amongst my friends who I know are woke. I'm not ready to deal with my parents' ignorance. Not maliciousness, but just my parents' ignorance. I'm not ready to explain these things to them. That's also valid. Like, you're allowed to pick and choose your battles. You're allowed to pick and choose who you're coming out to and who you trust. Like, you don't have to explain that and you don't have to feel stigma for, like, being forced back into the closet, quote unquote. So yeah, that's my situation is that my parents know that I am gender fluid and non-binary and use they them, but also know that I never asked them to change their language for me. Yeah. And I mean, but your the your extended family doesn't know that you're No, my non-binary. extended family doesn't know. Yeah. But like But because you can present as your parents' daughter around them, it feels less And I just like don't I think that I walk this really interesting line where I just like don't it's not like I conform for my extended family. Yeah. I shave my head off, my hair off, like, I wear whatever it is that I want to wear. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of let them make their own assumptions, which, again, is one of the nice parts about my identity. Right, yeah. Um. So. Yeah. I think that I just, I've never heard anybody else say that it's okay to, like, pick those battles and, like, have situational gender. I just kind of out here making it myself. So, like, shout out if you're listening to this and are like, wow, yes, beautiful. Yeah. Well, because I think that a big part of that is there's a, there's a very strong feeling in general society, both in the gender expansive community and in general public, where if you are not always defending your gender, then you don't actually feel that gender. Yeah, I which, struggle with that one a lot. Yeah, which is ridiculous because, like, cis people don't have to defend their gender. Cis people just get to be. Right. And, like... You don't have to... It's also part of the reason that I hate the word misgendering, because I don't feel like it applies to me. I'm gender fluid. All pronouns are technically correct. It's just like, are you seeing me or yeah. not? Yeah. This So, this is a whole... This could be a whole episode. But this could that's, be a whole episode. And it probably will be. <laughs> that's just a quick touch upon, like, my situation with my family. So, that's where, like, Josie and I are coming from mm-hmm. for this episode. Yeah. Then, diving into tips and tricks. Yeah, for people who maybe they're... Maybe people who don't have that that variability in their expression, people whose family haven't gotten to the point where they are uh, learning and growing, people whose parents and family maybe are a little bit um, hostile towards your gender identities. We can... Well, I think that's something, that's where I want to start, mm-hmm. is there's a difference between ignorance mm-hmm. and 
maliciousness. Right. There's a difference between what is that and why are you doing that? And I'm afraid of medical transitions because I don't want my child doing medical things that I'm not sure are necessary. There's a difference between that and actively and like maliciously using incorrect pronouns and incorrect names between actively bringing these things up to be mean between actively like trying to force you back into your assigned gender roles like Mm -hmm. those are malicious and honestly my tip and trick if that is your family member right now if they are like going out of your out of their way to make you feel bad and make you feel like your assigned gender and make you feel invalid in your gender identity Honestly, my tip and trick for that is start trying to figure out how you don't have to interact with that person. Yeah. That's really not your problem. Yeah. People have to be willing to have a conversation with you before you can start giving them your emotional bandwidth to teach them about your gender. If they're actively trying to be rude and actively trying to hurt you, that's when you start figuring out, like, how do I move out? How do I not see this person for holidays anymore? How do I see my other family members that I do still love without seeing this person like that's when you have to start having those really tough conversations and decisions yeah and in that case maybe leaning on some more like friendships and found family and like Mm -hmm. you know the relationships that you have built with people that you trust and who do accept you we love a friend's giving you can have a friend's christmas like there's no shame in this yeah because also there's a lot of obligatory love within family but if you have a family member who's like being malicious with your gender identity, you don't have to. You don't have to experience that obligatory love. You can start figuring out what it looks like to distance yourself from that person. Yeah. And honestly, probably should, in my opinion. Yeah. They have to figure out how to not be mean, at the very least, first. Yeah, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your own well-being for the benefit of this person who clearly doesn't. Right. And if they're... I feel like the in-between, between, like, ignorant curiosity... And maliciousness is refusing to acknowledge. And then it's kind of up to you. Refuses to acknowledge is like a weird in-between area. Mm -hmm. And depending on how much that hurts you and your gender identity, and depending on how much of a pain it would be to distance from that person, you get to make your own full call on that. Like, sometimes completely ignoring can be, if your, you know, uncle's kind of a bigot, Maybe completely ignoring is the best that he's got in his heart and soul. And you're just like, okay, fine. Like, right. I'm not trying to make everything awkward. <laughs> that's that's valid. Yeah. But for people who are genuinely curious and maybe just ignorant and maybe have never heard term trans or non-binary or even more so if you identify as a more specific identity under the non-binary umbrella Unfortunately, the majority of people have not necessarily heard of those. Mm-hmm. Or if you go by pronouns outside of he, she, they, there are genuine learning curves mm-hmm. to understanding those things. And I think that also can be a tough space to navigate because you deserve to feel validated in your gender and that is a genuine learning curve. So you kind of have to balance the needs of yourself and your family members. Yeah. So tips and tricks for people whose families are simply ignorant not not malicious just unaware and if your family is malicious but you're in the position where you can't avoid seeing them maybe you still live with them mm-hmm. maybe you financially depend on them maybe you just don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with severing those connections mm-hmm. These tips and tricks can probably also be of use to you in just like a general 
I want to emotionally support myself kind of way. Very real. So you don't have to just like tune out if you feel like, well, this isn't going to apply to me because my family will never accept me kind of yeah. thing. These things are also going to be something that you can maybe tap into. And we are here to support you as well. We love you. <laughs> we accept your gender, whatever it is. Truly. The first like tip and trick that comes to my mind is like a really concrete one, which is like small pieces of clothing that you can wear, either unseen or un um intrusive mm-hmm. that are still gender affirming. So I see a lot of like bracelets that have beads of the colors of the flag that you identify with. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of stealth phone backgrounds. If you need a stealth phone background, LMK, I got you. They're all over Reddit. Like mm-hmm. phone backgrounds that just look like a night sky but are like low key the whichever flag you want it to be. Yep. Or just look like anything you want and are low-key the flag that you want it to be, they're out there. Mm-hmm. And some of them are beautiful. It can also be things like what underwear you're wearing. Let me yeah. tell you about how nobody's going to know, but that can be something that like can help you kind of put on some armor and know that you are still the gender that you are and mm-hmm. know you're still valid in your heart and soul. Kind of like mentally separating yourself from the situation that you're in. Yeah. Kind of giving yourself an anchor to be like, I still am this i still am valid yeah i'm just in a whirlwind of a situation right now and i mean like if you're being forced into the clothing of your a gap as opposed to your gender also playing with like colors and tech and and patterns mm-hmm. in order to like if you're being forced to wear men's clothes but you don't identify as a man wearing like a floral pink tie i was gonna say ties yeah might not be might not be it exactly but it can be like these small rebellions that make you feel make you feel slightly better in the moment and also can help you be like in this moment in this christmas in this with this group of people i can't force them to see all of myself but i'm not gonna let them forget that i am not exclusively my agam yeah and if i mean if you're wearing a shirt and tie you can definitely put a necklace on under that i've done that yeah. I mean, it could also be, like, some a little, like, trinket that you keep in your pocket. I'm really into rocks, personally. I like rocks. I like rocks. Can I pick up from the lake and they have beautiful energy? <laughs> that might just be me. But truly, I mean, if there's something that, like, even if you can't, even if you're afraid of wearing a necklace because maybe you do have one family member who's very malicious and, like, it would be a deal if you were caught wearing a necklace, just put the necklace in your pocket. Call it a day. Yeah. And, like, fiddle with it in there. I think another huge thing is, like, reach out to your supportive friends who know of your identity. That seems simple, but I think that sometimes we have this idea that, like, we go home, and especially on, like, Christmas Eve and Christmas, it's like, you can't talk to other people. It's family time. I'm like, no. Yeah. Find a friend. Make a plan with them. Be like, I need to talk to you at least a couple times every day because, like, I need to have, again, like, that anchor in my actual identity. Yeah. While all these people around me are trying to erase that identity or just not seeing it so I feel like it's being erased or Mm -hmm. whatever that is. I feel like most of these tips and trips revolve around finding an anchor to remind yourself that you are valid and you are not your A-gab. Because I think that's the big thing that happens is, like, when you're around 20 people and they're all not seeing you, you're like, wait, excuse me? Maybe that's just me. But I know I would be like, wait, excuse me? Either wait, excuse me, or, like, just, it just batters you. Like, yeah. It feels, I know that when I get consistently misgendered throughout the course of a day, it does feel very, like, just tiring. And, I mean, this, for this particular tip and trick, 
this was L for a long time for me, mm-hmm. was like the person who I would talk to all the time. And like we were dating, so it was like cool, like, yeah, go ahead, give your give your SO a happy Christmas call. Right. And then like that would be a time when we could kind of connect and L would very lovingly validate my gender right. during that time. I also just thought of this, but also if you could find two loving, supporting friends, put them in a group chat and have them text each other about you, that uses your pronouns, so then you can just look at your phone and you have a conversation about you that uses your pronouns at any given time. Yeah. And like that might sound, things like that sometimes sound like to the way that our society talks about like vanity or silly, like performative stuff. That might sound... Yeah, but fuck that. Yeah, I was just saying, completely <laughs> fuck that. Like that is... A very valid piece of support. It really doesn't take all that much effort. And it like, really doesn't. And like that. These things are... And it does, it requires you to reach out. Like, your friends might not know to do that. And your mm-hmm. friends might be having family time. Not that they can't make time for you as well, but they might not think to do it. So, like, it's okay to ask your friends, hey, I really need some love and support in my gender right now because I'm struggling. Or I predict that I will be struggling. Yeah. Um, will you drop me a text that is gender affirming once a day, twice a day. Yeah. Will you go in a group chat and have little mini conversations? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, if you have the mental bandwidth for that, try doing that sooner. Right. So it's not like a crisis moment that like pulls your friend out of something. It's thing that you and your friend have talked about ahead of time. That would be ideal. Yeah. That would be ideal. It's not always possible, but it'd be ideal. Yeah. And then kind of in that vein, make excuses to get yourself some time alone during family time. Mm. My dad and I are masters at this. Big one that I suggest, if you can drive, grocery store runs. Less valid depending on where you are in this country right now because of COVID and grocery store situations. But things like, oh, do you need a new gallon of milk? I totally got it. I can run and get that 100%. And then you look like a very helpful family member. And you get 20 minutes in the car by yourself. And if you really want to, you can definitely stretch to 30. Yep. (laughs) And that, like, 30 minutes of genuinely being by yourself can work wonder (laughs) that can be the time that you call your friend that can be a time where you just sit you don't talk to people maybe put on some affirming music like just live similarly this is the holiday season tell them that you have to go wrap presents maybe you don't even have to go wrap presents maybe you're lying maybe you're lying but (laughs) then you can like i don't know hop on the discords and talk to your friends Mm -hmm. maybe you can you know take a moment to just like you know, you're wearing a necklace underneath your shirt, and you take the necklace out from under your shirt, and you get to be like, I have this stuff. You know, like, it's right. like little things that you can do in some alone time. Mm-hmm. You can also always lie and say you have to support a friend. Sorry, y'all, my friend needs to talk. And then you can go in your room. Yeah. And, you know, like, don't feel bad about white lies that give you back your mental stability. Yeah. I think is a big, that's just, I think unfortunately the way our society is set up it's built on that yeah yeah because a lot of families a lot of a lot of people don't really respond well to like i just need a couple minutes away you know yeah normalize that in your friendships though because that's phenomenal i have friends that i can be like wow i thought i wanted to do something tonight and you know what it turns out i don't want to do something tonight normalize that amongst your friends but amongst people that you feel like you can't normalize that around feel free to just lie so you can have your time yeah Absolutely. Um, those are the tips I had written down. Yeah, that sounds like those, that sounds like a pretty solid retinue of tips. So just as a, a, a quick recap version of that is find small items of clothing or accessories that you can anchor your gender identity that feel mm-hmm. affirming. Yep. Reach out to your friends and have your friends like 
prepped and prepared to maybe do some more affirming. That can also be close family members. If you have a that sibling at true, Christmas actually. who's really woke, you can talk to them about like, okay, you don't have to correct my pronouns because that's going to be a issue. But will you just make sure you use my pronouns really loudly? Mm-hmm. Will you just make sure you use my proper name really loudly? Or will you just text me throughout the day? Like things like that. Make a plan. If you do have allies in the home, work with them too. Yes. And finally, make sure that you are taking time to yourself to recharge and revalidate yourself. And if that means that you have to lie to people, that's, I mean, that's what you gotta do. Wait, another really good way to get that recharge time, Mm -hmm. especially if you're a little bit younger, like if you're in your early 20s or late teens, just don't come out of your room until 10.30. Everybody will think that you were sleeping in because you're a lazy teenager. But set an alarm and wake up at like 8 or 9 or whatever is early for you. Mm-hmm. And then you have like that several hours of alone time right there. Yeah, that's actually a very good one. It's a good one. That's a good one. nobody questions, especially again, like if you're under 23, nobody questions you're not emerging until 10.30. Yeah, not at all. So just saying. Beautiful. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> all right. So those are some good tips and tricks. Any last minute thoughts on this topic? No, I think that just doing your best to live your best life, even around people who are not super accepting, I think it's okay to create the space for yourself. And again, I don't want, I never want to encourage people to like cut people out because like, I don't know your full situation, Mm -hmm. dear listener, but truly if you feel like people are being malicious, it is okay to start putting up like to start drawing lines and being like, I'm not okay with it. If you are knowingly and excessively using my dead name. Now, if I came out as trans just a couple of years ago and you knew me by my dead name for 25 years and you use it every now and then because you accidentally mess up. Okay. Like we're learning. Yeah. I can expend that emotional bandwidth. It's also okay to be upset about that. But it's okay not to cut that person out over it. Mm-hmm. But if somebody is, like, out here really coming for you, think about drawing lines. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I mean, drawing that line may inspire someone to change. But yeah. also, don't feel obligated right. to anyone. Right. You deserve to be seen. You are incredible and valid. And people need to get their shit together to see that. Yeah. <laughs> completely. All right. I think that's where we're going to wrap it up for this holiday edition of Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Bye, y'all. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And until next time, just keep thinking about it. Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash gender journeys. We hope to hear from you soon.